So here we go. Hello, welcome to Jesus TV. Jesus is in this mess and we're going to find him over the next 30 minutes. We're going to be talking about being born again. Jonathan has the questions. So go, go ahead, Jonathan, take the lead on that. All right. So um, I'm going to kind of wing it because I, I, um, I wrote some questions down and I... Um, I wrote some things down, and I uh, I think it'd be better just... I, there's so much there that if I look at it very much, then uh, it'll just confuse me. So I'm just going to kind of hit it, um, my thoughts. So I'll make these preliminary thoughts quick. Um, so what does it mean to be born of God? Um, I think the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because... With all of the talk that we've had, I think that it can be confused. Oftentimes, we kind of put it together with the idea of testimony of something, um, also with the idea of a conversion. Um, and the truth is, is that those things often do go together, um, but not always and not necessarily. Um, and so I wanted to kind of talk about... Um, some ideas of uh, get your guys's ideas of what um, what it means to be born of God and how that comes. Like, what are the means by which a person has this mighty change of heart? What what are the prerequisites or the things that lead up to it? Um, and after we do that, I would love to discuss like, well, who who does it look like to you guys and to me? current like in the current world that we live in and in the um and in the past like people from history that it seems obvious to god um and um i think we'll be surprised at the diversity of the different people that it appears to us have been born of god um because that's one of the that i'm going to put that as my first thing that i that i notice born of god is that they are very much themselves, it seems like. Um, they become more themselves after having this strange experience of encountering God. Um, and uh, and so there's a lot of things around that. And, and, you know, what is it to be born in God in a little bit? And then does that grow? Um, all those questions. It'll take more than this podcast, probably, since we're especially since we're going to do a half an hour. But I want to open that up to you guys. Um, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I can go. I'm just thinking of, that's a lot of different thoughts. What I, what I was thinking about with that, with being born again is, um, like, when does it happen? And I don't know if I could say what it looks like, but like what it feels like. So when I was reflecting on my own life, I've always been uh, very Christian. I've always, uh, been a strong believer in Jesus. Um, but I would say there's definitely times in my life where I feel closer to God. And I think that the biggest time for me, I've talked about it before is when I started going to addiction recovery and like, I would consider like 2016, February, 2016, I would consider that was the time where it was like, it, to me, it was like, I hit rock bottom and I was in such a rough spot that I had 
I just had no hope and I had nowhere else to go. And I think that's when, when Jesus became real to me is kind of what I think of as, as born again. Like before I was doing all the right things that I was told to do. And I did, I definitely did feel the love of God, but it wasn't. And like I said, I've always been like a really strong person. I just, I think that's when I was able uh, to be more mindful of the presence of God in my everyday life and to see truly how much what he did, how he had saved me. And it didn't have anything to do with, with me, you know, like it was all him. Cause I guess before I was always trying to save myself, I guess that's a way to put it. Like, I didn't think I was trying to save myself, but I thought I wasn't good enough for Jesus. So therefore I couldn't fill him. I guess I couldn't feel his presence. Oh, this is the thought I thought of this morning. When I became born of God, it's when it's when my imaginary Jesus became real. That's what I was going to say. It's when this thing that I was imagining or pretending suddenly had a lot more power in my life. Those are what I was going to say about it. And that, that term, um, uh, born of God, or I, my Facebook profile says I'm a born again member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Um, that phrase has been important in my life. And I, as I've gotten close to Christ, um, I have an understanding uh, that's kind of fundamental that we all render a reality um, in uh, coordination with many different influences and so forth. And one of those is God. And he's put us in a place where we can render a reality and um so my reality started changing when what happened in 2015 i had what some people would call a midlife crisis or something like that i didn't know what to call it um but i it, it was um it was uh unusual um and um set my life off on a different course that was more christ centered and trying to make sense of that, that's that's what came into my mind was that, oh, I was born born again. And so that, that phrase comes out of my mouth, I'm sure many times every day. Um, and that is not true of a lot of people who are born, born of God, born again, who would say, oh yeah, I'm born again. Um, and in fact, it, that phrase coming out of someone's mouth can be divisive. Because people like, oh, who he thinks he's special because he was born again. I've been born again too. They may not even say it, but they might feel like born again. I'm born again. Um, and so um, I come from a religious tradition, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, LDS, Mormon, that that's not an emphasis, that that language anyways, nor is the born again experience really um and i think that's going to change that's what jesus when i got born again told me a lot of the things um that i'm a forerunner of um for my peoples um the lds people which i'm 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 happy to be part of um but the younger people they'll they'll have experiences and that'll be language so um as i contemplate it i i see it because jesus told me that we're all telling stories and 
we're from the moment we're born, we should we start engaging in this story. It's not all English language. In fact, most of it is symbolic. We're trying to make sense of the world. And so that actually renders our reality. And we, um, as humans, we're continually telling stories about the, our lives and narrating those. Um, and that understanding helps me understand in part what what happened to me is that I started uh, telling a story that was different um, and it felt right. It felt good. Just like, just like people's reality feels right and feels good or good enough. Um, so that's not unusual, but it was a different story. Like, whoa, this is different, but it felt more right than before. And so that phrase, um, yeah, I was born again in 2015, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it goes throughout the movies I make with Jesus and so on. Yeah, Jonathan, I'll come right to you. Um, and um, that then began to have power. And, and so I, Jesus speaks of this. Jesus makes movies. Uh, that's how he speaks to me. Uh, I help him make them. So um, to an outside observer, they say, well, Jesus isn't making that movie. You are, Greg. Okay, well, you're, you know, you're an unbeliever, and that's fine. Perhaps you weren't born of God. Or even if you're born of God, maybe you'll believe me. Like, well, Because uh, those, those are strange movies. But one of the things that he does emphasize in those movies is that um, I've had that born again experience and um, now I'm a different different creature. So, and it just keeps getting uh, more and more. Um, well, in, in one of those movies, uh, in fact, mo multiple of them, uh, he, he says it's the story arc, the, um, the born again story arc that's familiar to people uh, in Amazing Grace. I once was lost, now I'm found. Well, that same story arc is found in the hero's journey, for instance. So it's a it's a human story. It's a it's almost innate um, in everyone that there's at some point you feel lost and you feel found, and to have that that uh, process get entangled with a religious entity called Jesus, and then to have that realize that's not just my voice inside of me. Anyways, that's um, that starts creating uh, a kind of change that the scriptures call you become a new creature in christ and that's how i at least that's how i understand what happened to me uh and i liked it um so if i didn't like it i'd be like telling a different story going a different place because it's all belief based for me i don't know anything but it's working so i'm results oriented too like by their fruits you shall know them uh and so for me born again is i started getting aware that i'm i'm getting better results than i ever have um living whatever it was that I was doing before. And so this is the last, last thing I'll say. I found that for me and for many other people, so the evangelicals use that phrase a lot. I once was lost, now I'm found, or in The Chosen, the movie that Jesus is making with Dallas Jenkins. Mary says, uh, I was, uh, all I know is I was one way, and then I became a completely another, and the thing in between was Jesus. And so that's a great phrase to talk about the fundamental change that um evangelicals and, and others um when they use the phrase I was, I was born again maybe they even know a specific time or they've hooked into that time because that's what i've done like okay what day was it i don't you know, i was kind of like in 2015 i don't i don't feel to get specific and nor could i because it seemed like there's a process and i still believe in that process i and i intend to die and get born again many more times all right so that's that's what it is for me to, to summarize 
uh, it's a story that describes life experience. So throughout life, we're trying to get an understanding. So sometimes we say, oh, that was adolescence. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was like, I was going all crazy. And then I got older and I finally figured out who I am. Before then, I was, you know, so that's called developmental psychology. They don't call it born again psychology, but it's a similar thing going through life experiences that then start redefining us or help defining us. Okay, Jonathan, you had your hand up. Yeah, so <clears throat> thanks. You actually, um, you both spurned a couple of thoughts <clears throat> and this is a good segue. So, um, okay. One thing that I thought of before you even said it, Greg, that you you spurned the thought and then you ended up saying it outright was, um, uh, well, let me preface with something. So something occurred to me as you guys were both exp sharing your experiences, because my experience was, was kind of similar, you might say, in the sense that like um, I was raised within a certain faith tradition. I was very, you could say very quite pious within that tradition. And, um, and so it's, it, what's hard is that it's like, you start to say, well, it kind of feels like I've always been born of God. And there's a sense in which, um, so that here's another sense in which you can think of being born of God. And that is like, um, are you alive with something spiritual, something from the unseen realm? You may not even, we, we, we look at Christ but there are those who who may not even know what to call it, um, and but you can tell when you look in their eyes they're spiritually alive, and so, you know, if you've been born into a spiritual kingdom, then you are alive in that kingdom, and you'll meet other people who they're spiritually dead. It doesn't matter whether they're a lay person or one of the leaders in an organization, in an ecclesiastical organization, you can sense, wow, there's just, I listen to this person talk and I go to sleep. There's no spiritual <laughs> reality in their lives. You can feel it. It's palpable. So, okay. So what I wanted to say was, um, what occurred to me was like, I wonder if in some instances we inherit the born again state of our of our natural, our, so our physical ancestors and our spiritual ancestors. So if we're a part of a tradition of, that was founded by or that has members of it who were spiritually alive, who had had a, an, an experience, we, t we, 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 in, we incorporate the things that they did and we begin to become spiritually alive ourselves. But then there comes this point where... Um, something isn't going right for us okay so we discover that that it's almost like it's not enough just the thing that we've inherited um and one of the things that i found with many of the people who who would probably say oh yeah there was a like you said mentioned mary and the chosen that there's a you know there was a point where i was one way and then i was different and he was the thing in the middle and um and so one of the things that's common, whether they are Christians or other faiths, is they'll say that there was, um, it's a, it's if even if they don't use this these words, there's a place where they'll say, "I once was lost, but now I'm found," and this is something that is kind of striking, 
because oftentimes it, it makes me kind of wonder when I never hear a person say, I once was lost, they say, well, I've always been found. <laughs> and one of the things that seems to precede something new is, and this coming alive for our, in our, you know, like when something really shifts, like a mighty change, uh, you know, born, kind of we're calling it being born again, is a realization that something isn't working. And if you think that you have everything, then yes, you may inherit a spiritual state, but there's still something more that you may find once you realize that you're something that's missing. Um, I'll pass it on. It looked like Emily might have had something to say or Greg or I'll turn it off you guys. Yeah, I did. And I'm just forgetting it. Let me try to get it back. Um, oh, like the whole I was lost and now I'm found. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like you, you hit rock bottom. You realize that you need something more than yourself. Um, you realize that. Um, I think I say I, mine was I realized my need for Jesus. Whereas again, I was always a, a pious person too, but it was like. And there were other times in my life too, but they didn't create such a big change. Um, like it was like, I needed him and, you know, it reminds me of that God, like God, oh, how I need thee every hour I need thee. And I did have other times in my life where I had that. Um, but I'm trying to think what made it different. I think the difference is my understanding of Jesus changed. If I were going to say what was different, it was my understanding and my and me and part of it through doing this art like like uh like Greg said it's a process for sure definitely a process but it was the understanding but also it was like <clears throat> no it was just really seeking to do the will and fill Jesus love every single day and every single moment at every day and doing it just out of love and not because I was worried that if I and this has been a really this part's been a really gradual thing. But doing it because I felt like it and because it was part of me versus doing it because I was afraid of consequences. Of being like, if you don't do this commandment, you're going to get this. If you don't do this, like instead of becoming like a, a, a black and white thing, it was doing it. Um, it's when I started, I call it too, like, it's when I started paying attention to those random thoughts inside my head. Is sometimes, well, and then saying, maybe these aren't so random. You know, like if I saw someone that needed help, I would just help them instead of being like, or I would just ask if they needed something and sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. But it was like just starting to act more. Maybe that's what it is. Starting to act more on those feelings that I had. I don't know. Yeah. Um, one of the things about the implications of being born again uh, is death. And so that's implied that you died. Um, and so that was my experience as well, that something in me died, if you will. Uh, and Christ does emphasize that as he guides us about what the born again experience, he says, except you lose your life for my sake, you shall not find it. Uh, and so there's this understanding that there's a realm or a relationship that you can't enter into until you die. And, and oftentimes it's oriented towards dying to your previous understandings, but also dying to the world. Um, and, and being born again also implies 
Um, well, now you have another mother. Well, unless you got inside your mother's womb and got born again, but that's correct. That there's an implication that you now have a new parent um, uh, when you're born again. And that is what my experience is like, oh, hi, daddy. And daddy's now Jesus. Um, and Heavenly Father and Holy Ghost, the three men I admire most that are one God. But it's like, um, if I could portray it in a, in a picture, it'd be like me sucking on the teat of the world and mortals uh, relying on those. And thankfully, you know, oh, thanks, you know, but I'm done with you guys. Why? It's just, I, I've noticed that um, that's not working for me. You've run dry um, and not completely dry, but pretty much. And I've, I've decided as much as I can, I'm going to hook into this other thing that you, you can't see, I can't see, and it's, it's strange. And so I start going on this, this place that there's more ambiguity, more vulnerability, and more risk. And because there's more ambiguity, because there's more vulnerability, there's more risk on this path, it makes me have to seek Jesus even more. In other words, it's like he's hedging up the way. Like, okay, you came down this way. You came in my gate, right? You got born again. Now I'm going to create this circumstance. And so um, when you die to the world, the world notices and starts becoming a less reliable place. Like, well, if, if you're not going to do it our way, then yeah, have fun on, with your little Jesus. Um, and so there's this this kickback you'll receive if you stop being the same person, anyone who's kind of had to leave friends behind and so forth, like sometimes alcoholics have to, and that they'll reject you. If you're not going to drink with us, if you're not going to do this with us, you'll start losing. So God talked about that, that he brings a sword in this birth process and it will separate you from, from maybe those you love and who are good people, but maybe they're just not where you're at. Um, and that, where am I at? Well, you're born again, you're becoming a new creature. And so sometimes it involves separating yourself from really good people, lovely people. They're just not ready to do that, or maybe they never will. That's up to God. You're not their savior. And so that's one of the things that often comes in my mind, like what's been happening to me since I was born again, born of God, is my friendship pattern has changed. That... Um, and I, Jesus has a song about it, and I'll finish my thought. Uh, it's Stephen Tyler and Jesus wrote this song together. I kept the right ones out and let the wrong ones in. Had an angel of mercy to see me through all of my sins. There were times in my life when I was going insane, trying to walk through the pain. When I lost my grip and I hit the floor, yes, thought I could leave but couldn't get out of the door. Um, I was so sick and tired of living the lie. So part of the thing, when you get born again, you start like, what I was was a lie. I was sick and tired of living the lie. Uh, I was wishing that I would die. Then Jesus saved me. I won't go through all the whole song, but the song, the chorus, is, but then Jesus saved me. In the blink of an eye, I finally saw the light. Yeah, Jesus saved me. Um, when that moment arrived, I knew I'd be all right. Yeah, Jesus saved me. And I'm saying a prayer for the desperate hearts tonight. And so part of the thing is being born again. You, you realize, oh, yeah, we desperately hold on to that parent figure. Like, who's your daddy? <laughs> and, and sometimes 
uh, Jesus kind of wrecked my provider role. It was necessary to, to wreck my righteousness. I always want to be the good boy. I want to be able to provide well for my family and I'm going to do all I can to do it. And he's like, he just wrecked that um, because even my family needed to know Greg Muller is not your daddy. And I had to let him know that like, yeah, I mean, I'll do the best I can, but you guys are in the hands of God. And I had to put my family on the altar, um, metaphorically speaking, just like, okay, Jesus, do what you will with them. Cause now my relationship with is first and primarily with you. So it was a reordering back to that song. I kept the right ones out and let the wrong ones in. And that is a great phrase because I think part of being born again is you start having you, your allegiance changes. Now you're starting to be more allegiant to um, more dedicated to an invisible God, which blows my mind even to this day. I'm like, oh, I really am. I'm a, <laughs> I am starting to have loyalty to this still small voice. And I will say no to mortals and it beguiles them. Oh my goodness. He's such a good guy. I still am, <laughs> but I'll say no, uh, -uh not going to give that up. And that's very, um, apparent to my wife or to other people there's just certain places i won't go even if what i seem to be doing is wrong i won't do that unless jesus tells me to if jesus tells me to then yeah um i'm i'm doing it okay that's my thoughts there i'll let you um if you have any closing thoughts um emily we're close to time so okay well thanks you guys um this has been a we can go we can go a little bit longer if you want I can do like another 15 if you guys have more. Are you good? Um, do you have anything else, Emily, or do you? No, I'm just painting and I'm really into my painting. All so right, I'm good. just listening. Keep going. Okay. Um, well, I'll chime in a little bit. Um, so give me two seconds. I was thinking about ending this. So I, <laughs> I have to come back to where I was thinking of going for next time. So. Yeah, so I I actually wow, I I'm really I'm intrigued by what we've talked about um because it um it acknowledges the path so it's you get this sense um in the scriptures of this this idea that in some instances it's a drastic change in some instances, it's just a realization that that the framework that you had before it that it's missing something. So you get that idea with Paul on the road to Emmaus, right? Because we don't really think of it this way, but he was already very religious, right? Very dedicated to God, and dedicated his whole life to God. but um, he whatever he was doing wasn't working for him. He just didn't realize it. <laughs> he thought he was on the right path. Um, and so I think this would actually be a good place to start thinking of a couple of examples. I'm going to throw a couple out, um, and uh, and you guys can uh, chime in with any that you think. And we may not get into a lot of descriptions of these today because we've got 15 minutes. So. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple that you might not think about. I'm actually thinking um, the one that came to mind a while ago was Gandhi. So I'm thinking about the, the movie, right? So he's on a train to South Africa. And he, um, 
and he believes he's on the right path. And he is. He's doing good things. He's studied to be a lawyer. He's got a family. He's doing all the things that a good Hindu should do. Um, and he's taking his family to South Africa, and then he gets kicked off the train. And um, and there was a big change in that moment, right? So from that point, he begins to relate with some of these principles. Interestingly, some of the principles that Christ taught, but it's in many of the frameworks um, of okay, what do I do about this situation? So there's Gandhi was one. Um, what about you guys? Is there anybody that comes to your mind? A lot of times the examples that are the, um, the, the easiest to see are the ones where the person's life was very, very dark, right? And then they came to something very the opposite. Um, and sometimes those are the best examples because um, the contrast shows it so well. Do you guys have any thoughts of anybody that, that comes to mind that... I I think um, that you see right now some people whose careers are shifting uh, in the popular media. Um, they're talking more about God. Um, so part of it's coming out of the closet, but I think that's part of the born-again experience. You can't stop yourself from getting down to what matters most. Um, and so this happened during what's called the Jesus Revolution, late 60s, early 70s certain uh, musicians they started having a relationship with christ and some of them might have just done it as a monetary shift but some of them did it because they found christ in their life uh that's another term you found him yeah he brought brought attention and it started changing their music so kanye west that's happened he's got some mental illness issues and so forth but he's turned to christ and kind of a you know not everybody's cup of tea but um that's happening but that's part of what's going to happen again you're going to see some major figures and when they do this they do risk uh offsetting hollywood's not big on jesus let's just say that uh and and jesus freaks so they they do it a risk um but i've seen uh, um, certain uh people who've that that's the choice they've made they said i'm gonna i'm gonna do the work um uh, of God and the change and so they there's different ways this is expressed but because um, it, it can be quite um, uh, devoid of religion but they're they're saying yes to the light uh, and but it's easiest uh, for me to see within the Christian framework uh, and so that's where I'm at um, uh, and that's what I'm interested in is the Jesus movement because those are my people but I can see it in other people you know um, who um, shift uh, away from what we call the world or money towards other values. And they're willing to do it at great cost to themselves. Um, and uh, when Glenn Beck started talking about God, oh, he's always talked about God, but he, lately he's very blatant about it because he realizes there's no hope in the world that here I am just talking about these things. And if they don't go to God, they are in big trouble. Um, and he believes that because it's his own life. Uh, his, his daughter, this was just this last week, last week, that took her life. And he, he starts talking full on um, uh, prophetic like TikTok and uh, Instagram. That's from the devil. Those are uh, tools of the devil. <laughs> like, and you can have a different opinion of that. But that is 
when you start um, identifying things that are obviously hurting people, because we all know Facebook, there's something, we don't know what this is. Well, 100 years from now, they'll be able to tell you pretty clearly um, that whatever this is going on, maybe less th than that, but it's hurting the kids um, somehow. Uh, these, our human um, cells can't handle whatever this feedback is we're getting um, and we seem to be cycling and it seems to be working really well for people who are making money, but it seems to be hurting people. And that's right, right now sounds like conjecture, but um, there's even psychologists and so forth. They're saying that, but to have Glenn Beck start moving, he, um, I, I told my wife, I said, when he starts moving full on God, he starts risking losing some of his audience. Um, Rush Limbaugh would mention God only once in a while. And um, well, that's a good thing if you just want to make sure you retain as much audience as you can, but you start moving into a born again mode where you're starting to talk about angels, demons, miracles. Well, that's a different realm. We would all recognize and that some people call that the realm of superstition. Um, but I, I fascinate sometimes at the risk because I know that I've risked much. And, and, and that God's just going to take me to greater and greater risk because that's who he is. He's, he's greater commitment. He's also greater risk. He's greater trust, but he's also greater um, vulnerability. He's greater truth, but he's also greater um, ambiguity. So I've already anticipated where I'm going, and it's, um, it's not a settled place. It's a moving place. And so that's one of the things I noticed. And, and it's just in popular culture. There's going to be certain individuals and God's going to pour down his spirit. It's up to him. And they just won't be able to help themselves because they'll start getting realer. Like they'll gravitate towards the truth. And the truth is a spiritual thing. You can't, in one way or another, you cannot avoid uh, the spiritual nature of truth. It, it's because it can't always be explained, but it can still be said and felt. Okay, go ahead, Jonathan. There. Emily, do you have any thoughts or anybody that comes to mind for you that it appears to you has um, had a mighty change of heart? Um, I can't think of like famous people. I know, sorry. Um, I know like personal people. Um, the ones I gravitate towards were ones um, with a similar background to mine that were ones that I know personally really well are people like me who always had a strong belief in Jesus and then they felt Jesus told them to do things that they never would have considered before or that they uh you know to let go of some of those traditions that they've been raised in but they're still extremely spiritual and like and I, we've talked about this before but it's not like they're less spiritual it's just different spiritual and it's like they're I don't know it's just different but the one, the one that comes to my mind first off with it was um, in February 16th, I think the first time that I had a strong inter, uh, of 2016. That's the first time I heard someone, not someone I knew, I've never seen them since, but they talked about their experience, how they were just, um, again, it was in um, a dictionary recovery type of stuff, but they were just alcoholic and in drugs, like and they like lived in Hawaii somewhere and just you know, I don't know how old they were, 40 maybe, and just how they were just really low in their life in a really bad place. And then they decided to change or they, they hit rock bottom, right? And then they changed and it's the spirit that they talked about and how strong they felt, how much they changed their life around through seeking Jesus and the scriptures and through that, like they were just, it was just so powerful, so powerful. 
And I think that stories like that, the ones where they're, they've come from or you've gone through something hard, I think they just have more meaning. And I don't know. Um, that's what I can I can think of right now. I don't have. And you know, one one thing that um, I just want to say before we get done is um, I'm a sociologist, at least trained as a sociologist, and so I'm always paying attention to the language and meaning and how we do this. And it's interesting to grow up in a Christian tradition with good Christian people around me. And I realized that if I asked this question, it would be kind of controversial. Have, have you been born again? Because yeah, it, it shouldn't be like you, you go to the Bible, Jesus says, except you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And, and it's like asking somebody that sounds like, oh, that's a very private matter. Uh, well, you asked me very private matters about um, in, in bishop interviews and so forth. It's not like um, we're not into private matters. But what I realized, and I, I have patience with, is I grew up in a religious um, tradition that was not comfortable or didn't emphasize or, or came from a different um, angle towards this. But it's a very legitimate question to me. Um, and, but it's not one I, won't, I will lay on anybody because of its provocative nature, because it makes them, oh, I wasn't born again, but I will, I'll declare myself, then they can conjecture what they want. But here's what I believe is gonna happen is, is people will be able to say that and they can invite people to be born again. That's what Jesus was inviting and you can anticipate it. And then I'd point them, I, I, I don't know how to become born again. I know that Jesus does. And then they can anticipate that as something. But um, that's really what I wanted to say is that um, I get bothered sometimes by um, where you have something that um, is, is, is right there in front of your eyes, but you're not talking about it. Oh, okay, that, that really gets Greg going. Like, why aren't we talking about this? It's right here in the scriptures, except you're born again. Why hasn't somebody asked me for the last, over, over these many years, Greg, have you been born of God? Have you been born of God? Have you been born of God? Oh, okay, then encourage me towards that, if that's important. And so we do not have a language right now, but it's coming. That's what I'm saying, like, oh yeah, it's coming. Because I'm forerunner, Jesus told me, go ahead, Jonathan. So um, let me see where we're at for time. Okay, we're pretty close, Emily. We will probably close it down after this. So I'll, I'm going to make a closing comment, and then I'll I'll um, I'll see if you guys have anything to close with. But so um, this was one of the things that um, I kind of wanted to get towards, which Greg is kind of talking about, and that is, it's like, well, how do you approach speaking about this to people? And what occurred to me was like. Um, was that I kind of wonder if it's almost like you have to take two opposing ideas in your in your mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the cat breathing. <laughs> it's going in and out and in and out and in and out. <laughs> it's all right. So um all right. So basically like you don't want to tell somebody you haven't been born of God. Because obviously, if you have any, if you've been touched by the Spirit of God and it's worked within you, well, then you're partially spiritually alive, which means that it's like something has been born within you. The Spirit has ha found a place and began like a child. Um, and I, and this actually a good analogy. It might be like it's like the it's like the child in the womb, and 
but eventually it will want to come out completely and become its own thing. Maybe that's a good way of thinking of it. So, but that wasn't what I was going to say. What I was going to say was, on the one hand, no disparagement. It's not like climbing a ladder. I, and my own experience was not, I can't call it an experience really. It, it, it just, I realized at one point that, some, oh wow, at this certain point, something really changed and it was a pretty huge change. Um, so so there's nothing like it's not like a ladder like oh you got to do this next thing it's not like that really at all um and so you don't want to think about it that way in fact you just want to be grateful and you want to be and we'll save this topic for next time i'd like to talk about a repentant spirit so it's the thing that can see that it's lost and needs to be found okay um but then so here's the flip side is that I also wouldn't want to tell people, well, you should just assume, you know, if you've had any spiritual experience or any testimony, well, then of course you've been born of God, because that is not necessarily the case. And I think that's a dangerous thing to tell people. It's like, like I, I love, there's a preacher I love with, that's a Baptist preacher, and he's always warning his people, the his Baptist people, you know, it's like, just because you said a prayer one day years ago and said, Jesus, you know, because you felt something in a meaning doesn't mean that you, that you are saved. Um, and I know for me, there was a point in my life where someone said to me, have you been born of God? And I, I didn't know. And so it's, um, I, I'll turn it back over to you guys. It's like you have to take both things in hand. Be grateful for whatever experience you've had, because it's not about the experience. Be grateful for God's goodness and all that you've gathered. But at the same time, don't assume things. Don't assume that, that um, because you went to a meeting and felt the spirit that, that you've had a mighty change of heart. Um, and I'll pass it back. I know we were, we're towards the end. There's a lot more that could be said. Emily, yeah. do you have any? Yeah, my thought was just, it reminds me of what we talked about on Easter, what Greg said. I think born again, you know, I'll be born again today. Just being born again repeatedly. It, it's not, although a lot of people say it as a one-time thing, it's not a one-time thing. Like it's a, it's a repeated thing. The whole point is that is you keep becoming changed to become a new creature in Christ, right? I mean. I mean, that, that's what the scriptures say, but that's what it is. You know, I need to become a new creature. And that's something that takes time. And that's just, that was just kind of my main thought is it's not like, although we, like I said, like, oh, this is one. I would say that's when I recognized maybe the biggest time that I recognized there was a need for change. Maybe that's what I, how I could say it. That would be the biggest time where I was like, I need to change. I need to let go of my life. I need to let God be in control and I need to trust him. And it was like I had no other choice but to trust. And the series of circumstances that led to was absolutely amazing. I did things with my life I never planned. And just his spirit coming. So, I mean, my life, took, I did so many radical things in that time period. Um, just things that seemed odd. Like, I don't, I don't know how it sounds odd. But it, it seemed odd to me. That was, that was the moment when I was like, when I, 
I wrote a letter to my husband and I, it was a Valentine's one. And I just said, pretty much, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but I just said, I love you as you are, whether or not you're religious. And it was just like a letting go. That's essentially what I said in it. And it just made him feel so free to know that he could be loved for who he was. And it just, and I think that that's how it is when you're born again. It, to me, it was realizing that I am loved as I am now. And that it doesn't mean that I need to, even though I'm becoming a new creature in Christ, I'm, I'm just, it's like recognizing and feeling that love on a daily basis and coming to partake with Jesus of that love and saying, I'm, I'm seeking something better because I want more of that love. And I want more of that spirit that's always been with me, but I want more of it. I just want more. And I, I thought that's what was coming to my head. Yeah, and I what what comes to my head, uh, my emphasis on wanting to nail things down is also coupled with the opposite, kind, kind of like bipolar. Come on, let's call it what it is. When did it happen? I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. But there's another part of me that's like, what if just one day I woke up and I, I didn't have a name for things. I just find myself talking out loud to this spirit that calls himself Jesus. And I just start taking directions from him. So I can imagine somebody who doesn't have a religious framework, but they just like start talking. Oh, yeah. I used to just talk to myself, but now it seems like I walk with the great spirit. I talk with the great spirit, the great spirit I recognize in everything. And then Greg comes and said, were you born again? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. I'd be like, dude is more born again than I am. And doesn't even know it. Um, well, that's just because I I applied a framework of understanding upon that being, um, and so I personally just leave it to um, I'm I I'm going to live my life in my world, and I, I have names for things. Uh, my carrots when I eat them are called Jesus carrots, and I don't say, uh, Hey Emily, do you do you have a Jesus carrot? I don't think she has a Jesus carrot. I think it's just a regular carrot, but she thinks it's from Jesus. And same thing with Jonathan. And so like, I think we can coexist and, and, um, I, and I could press and say, did, did Jesus or heavenly father make that carrot? You should probably say, well, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, Greg has a carrot fixation. Well, Greg has lots of fixations. Um, but this is just where God takes Greg. Cause um, I don't paint with my fingers, but apparently Jesus likes showing up in Emily's pictures uh, that she's doing this. Like, well, why don't you like showing up in my pictures, Jesus? I do in different ways. Um, okay, well, that was the, my, my final thought is that I, <laughs> I love Article Faith 11. I claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of my own conscience. And I allow all men and women the same privilege. Let them worship God how, where, what they may. And that feels like a lot of Jesus to me. Like, yeah, just, you're not their savior, Greg. So yeah, I'll give you some words if you want some words for your experience, which he does. And he wants me to focus on those words. Okay, well, that's for me. It's not for everybody else. And so uh, that makes me feel comfortable. I'm like, I'm not responsible for everybody understanding what it means to be born again or whether they were born again. I'm not a church authority. I'm not going to come and do an interview. With, hey, here's a good question. Are you born of God? Are you born again? I don't have to enter into those discussions. So, so I can kind of casually, like I am with you guys. Hey, what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm not called to figure it all out. I'm not a doctrinaire. I'm not Bruce Armacanke and you write a book on it. No, nope. 
In fact, I don't have any desire to. What do you have a desire to do? I want to get born again. I want to die some more and get born again some more. That's my main thing. And that's why I come on this program is because I think talking of Christ, preaching of Christ, prophesying of Christ, that seems like what happened to me in 2015 as I started focusing more and more on the other world. Uh, and, and, and the world, of course, collapsed around me. Uh, and, and there was failure associated with so sorry I have to learn how to accept that hey, I think this is part of the process at least for me yeah Jonathan um good I those are great thoughts um good good program today um happy Mother's Day yeah happy Mother's Day anything anything any last thoughts Emily I'll just tell you guys what I done what I've done with this painting. So um, I'm making a new background on here. Yep. This is how I used to do my backgrounds on my realistic paintings. Um, but what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to get like all the discards of like other paintings, and I'm just like dropping them in. And you probably I don't know if you can see what this does. It's creating like little spots. Oh, okay. Can't see it, but we try. No, it's. Um, little teeny spots. There's there. like little spots like that or like okay. that. Those are bigger ones. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to add some imperfection. In there. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just getting, you could say the dregs. And I'm just like throwing them on here. Uh, and then I'll probably go stick this outside in the rain and let's just see what happens. Uh, <laughs> a new background. And then today I just did a lot of touch-ups on some of the others, like just made Jesus a little bit, a little bit more contrast, a little bit more standing out on there. This one, there's kind of like some figures crossing a bridge, but it's broken. I don't know if you guys can see that it's broken. It's like really far away. So there's like some little figures here and they're crossing a bridge. And I haven't, I don't know, just when I was flipping through my art over here, because I while I was doing this one, I was just like, I need to add some little figures here. Can you bring it closer to the camera so we can see those? Yeah, it's, I can see that better. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. They're like kind of crossing a bridge, and it kind of looks like pillars. Um, this is a painting that's just had a random texture. And I wrote this about um, when one of my favorite places got broken and torn down. Um, and that's when I, I made this, but I wasn't trying to make it look like something. That's just what it reminded me of. So now it's like crossing a bridge. I don't know. This one could go somewhere. I don't know. I also might just leave it like this. It's kind of nice, just like empty. Uh, it looks empty on the camera, I should say, but in person, there's like greens and reds on it. And the camera, to me, it looks kind of brown, but it's actually like green. Does that look green to you guys? Not, Not really. really. No. Yeah, it's like greenish yellow. Like it's greenish kind of. I notice when I'm looking up there, it kind of washes out some of the color. It's a little bit more vibrant. Anyways, so that's the one that I, that I was working on. But yeah, this one I put on the back, I just wrote down from today, you know, being born again and again and again, <laughs> right? That's kind of my thought from today. But thank you, guys. Um, thank you. We'll talk to you later. All right. See All you right. next week. Okay, bye-bye. Next week. Bye.